Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our hybrid Zoom service held on Sunday, July the 4th, 2021. To find out how to join us online or in person, or for more general information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to everybody this morning. Um, bang on uh, 11 o'clock. I can just hear our clock chiming. Uh, can you all hear me? Can you wave if you can hear me? It's been wonderful to see people coming into the service this morning. And uh, as always, we've got people from far and wide and, and also from very close to home who are actually in the church this morning. But I just want to welcome especially those of you I know that Diane is here with us from York. Uh, Katerina, are you in Barcelona? No, she's not. <laughs> it's your name made me think that maybe you were a friend of um, uh, Louise and her husband. Anyway, never mind. And also, of course, we've got Liz and Andrew from Pathhead. And I've seen one or two others who have come. But anyway, all I want to say is, Everybody is very warm welcome to you. Uh, and some of us, have already said, uh, like me, are at home. And some of us are in the church building with Suzanne and the music group and Ian, our rector. And I just want you to notice that I said church building and not church, because wherever you are, you are part of our church this morning, because we are gathered together through the love of Jesus. And through his love, in this very strange world that we're in, when we have to have a hybrid service, we know that the love of Jesus can extend far beyond all the boundaries that we seem to impose on it. And we can love one another, even through this these strange medium. Today is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, and the theme for this service is Power Made Perfect in Weakness. And if you are feeling a bit weak today, then this is the place to come to find strength to help to keep you going. So as we come to a time of quiet to begin our service, I want to invite those of you at home to light your candle. Uh, and also Ian will be lighting a candle in church for those of us gathered there. Let's now draw together for a time of quiet. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.
So the Gospel this morning is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Glory to Christ our Saviour. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that's been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And aren't his sisters all here with us? And they took offence at him. So Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honour, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went out among the villagers teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Give thanks to God for his glorious gospel. Thank you. Let us pray. Loving God, we all feel weak and vulnerable at times. We ask that whatever situation we are in and those at home are in, that we may know that your grace is sufficient and that your power is made great in weakness. Amen. Good morning and welcome everyone at home and in church. I want to really look at today um, two things. Why was Jesus not welcomed back to Nazareth's village? And secondly, this incredible statement by Paul, which says, uh, that God's power is made perfect in weakness, which seems to, is completely countercultural to everything uh, that we experience that's coming at us, which says that power is made perfect in strength. So I just want to really circle around that, that statement. Um, our gospel reading always makes me smile a little bit because it reminds me of my late mum. Um, we used to live in a little village in Devon for a little while which had about 400 people and I think Nazareth had 500 people so it wasn't uh, very different and one uh, day I went to the cinema with some friends and I came back home and my mum said what did you what film did you go and see I said I went to see the last of the Mohicans <laughs> and she said okay who was in it and I said Daniel Day-Lewis 
and her reply surprised me. She said, that'll be Mrs. Lewis's little boy that lives at Rosemead Cottage on Back Lane. And uh, so this great actor, probably one of the greatest actors to come out of Britain, in my mum's eyes, was always seen as Mrs. Lewis's little boy. And so I often, in the story, I imagine my mum in first century Palestine hanging out the washing, someone coming to tell her uh, that Jesus is healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the good news, doing these wonderful things. And her reply would be, that would be Mary and Joseph's little boy. <laughs> and uh, I think, I think uh, there's something of that happening uh, in this story. But clearly, Jesus has... Uh, returned to his home village a different person. He has this new level of authority, of wisdom, and of power. And my question has always been, it's the same question that the people ask in the passage, which is, where did this man get these things? Where did he get this wisdom, this power, this authority? Where did Mary and Joseph's little boy how has he returned? What transformation has occurred in Jesus for this to happen? And I think the answer for me can be found in many indigenous cultures where young men um, were required to, to go through a rites of passage to facilitate the transition from adolescence to manhood. And it takes many different forms depending on the, on the culture but usually involves this young man leaving their town or their village um, and going alone into nature, into the wilderness, into the desert, where they're tested to the very limits of their resources. And during this time, there is a, a descent, really, that occurs, and where their previous sense of their selves is stripped away, their ego is stripped down right to the bare minimum, and the very things that gave them status and social acceptance and security are no longer present. And they're forced inwards on a, a soul journey to their very depths. And during this experience, they uh, really do experience real vulnerability, a realization that they're no longer in control of their lives and a sense of a greater being in the world, particularly within nature and being integrated in the natural world. And then after a prolonged period, they emerge less reliant on external affirmation and social acceptance with a clear sense of their calling, a real clarity about what their unique personhood is, is uh, about. And they return to their village and town with a new sense of authority, of power and conviction, ready to give their unique gift that they found in this calling back to the community. And I believe that that's clearly what's happened to Jesus, whose ministry starts with the wonderful affirmation of God's love at his, his baptism in the form uh, of a dove and the words, you are my son whom I love and I'm well and I'm delighted with, I'm well pleased with. And then immediately he is sent in, <coughs> excuse me, into the desert, he's led by the Spirit to the desert, where a descent occurs. 
where he's with the, the animals and the angels and it's said that he's tempted by Satan. With all the things that would give him status and prestige and popularity. And here Jesus confronts his demons and experiences profound vulnerability and weakness. A transformation occurs and Jesus emerges with a clear, clear vision of what his ministry is, which is to preach good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the captives, give sight to the blind, and set the oppressed free. And he emerges with this new authority and power, no longer um, dependent on external affirmation, and it comes from deep within. He understands his own vulnerability and his need to rely on, on God. And it is in the desert where the way of the cross in his life, I think, is forged. Now, unlike indigenous cultures the, where the young man is welcomed back, clearly Jesus, with this newfound authority and power that he now possesses, is not welcomed back. And we also have St. Paul, who I think also went through this descent during his conversion experience on the Damascus Road, where he's rendered helpless without sight, and then his previous life is really questioned, challenged, and, and in tatters, really. And after this, Paul's ministry does not start for at least three years uh, after that conversion experience. And again, it's my belief that those three years was a time of great vulnerability, where his old self has been stripped away, and he's being transformed into a new self, hence Saul into Paul so that he can then emerge and carry out his unique calling, which is uh, to bring Christ to the Gentile. And believe that all things, all people, all creation, whether in heaven or on earth, can be reconciled by and through Christ's death on the cross. And that is why I believe Paul can say with such authority, God's grace is sufficient for him and that his power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, I am strong. And for me, you could also interchange the words weakness and vulnerability. God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in vulnerability. For when I am vulnerable, I am strong. So for both Jesus and Paul and Peter and other saints, uh, in, the, in the Bible, their calling, their power, their authority emerge not from climbing a ladder or ascent, which is the way of the world, developing new skills, reaching the top through their strength, but it's through a descent where they experience vulnerability and with it, transformation. Their power to impact the world uh, around them comes from this place of pro profound vulnerability. And this is at the heart of our faith, with the cross at its centre. On the cross, Jesus was at the same time at his most vulnerable, feeling weak and alone, but was also uh, at his most powerful. And later on in Mark's uh, passage, Jesus sends the disciples out with very little on their journey. No food, no money, no bags. In other words, incredibly vulnerable, needing to rely on God. 
and yet in their vulnerability they become vessels of great power. They uh, themselves heal the sick and so on. Our wounds, trials, vulnerability and imperfections are reminders that we're all in this together. And this is such a countercultural way of thinking, which believes that power comes from strength. And again, I digress a little bit, but pastorally, in my experience, when people uh, are going through great difficulty and trial, they have a power to impact me really powerfully. And, it, and it's the last thing they feel. They feel um, very weak and disempowered. But in fact, they do actually uh, have that power. So, in the Corinthians passage, Paul pleads with God for his thorn in the flesh to be taken away. But God's response is emphatic. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is in the conflict, in the pushback, in the difficulties where we deepen our faith where our soul is refined and where God's presence can manifest itself. And I was reminded by uh, the fantastic children's book, I don't know if you know it, We're All Going on a Bear Hunt. I don't know if you read that to your children. Uh, it's certainly one of my children's fa uh, favourite books, um, which I think captures Paul's theology. Now, I bet you've never thought that St. Paul and We're All Going on a bear hunt would come together but trust me go and read it and uh, read that passage again and you'll see similarities so I'm just going to read a little bit if you don't mind uh, from <laughs> we're all going on a bear hunt we're going on a bear hunt we're going to catch a big one what a beautiful day we're not scared uh-huh a river a deep cold river we can't go over it we can't go under it Oh no, we've got to go through it. Splash, splosh, splash, splosh, splash, splosh, and so on it goes. And it's in the splash, splosh where our hearts are opened, where connection, empathy, and compassion have the potential to grow. And I think we often use prayer to go over a problem or go under a problem. In other words, to avoid it when there are times where we are required to go through it with an understanding that God's grace is sufficient for us and that our power is made perfect in weakness. Faith doesn't say, I'll take away the pain and discomfort, but I think instead it says, I'll sit with you in it. God's grace will be sufficient in it. Jesus will be with us in it. And I'm going to end with two quotes which I think summarise better than anything I could say from Brené Brown, some of you might have heard uh, of her, a research professor in sociology and psychology from uh, America, who's written extensively on vulnerability, courage, shame and empathy. And she goes into multinational companies and uh, the American Air Force, the SEALs, and she's... Uh, looked a lot at leadership and vulnerability and courage, really two sides of the same coin, is what she says is key for a healthy community, um, whatever it is. And she says, vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, 
empathy and creativity. It is the source of hope, empathy, accountability and authenticity. If we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. She goes on to say, to love someone fiercely, to believe in something with your whole heart, to celebrate a fleeting moment in time, to fully engage in a life that doesn't come with guarantees. These are risks that involve vulnerability and often pain. But I'm learning that recognising and leaning into discomfort of, of vulnerability teaches us how to live with joy gratitude and grace. So like Paul and Jesus, let us not put on the armour of self-sufficiency and strength, but where appropriate, and I say where appropriate because vulnerability is not the same as indiscriminate sharing of our troubles, it, it, it always has boundaries, but with those that we trust, let us dare to live lives of vulnerability and courage. And I repeat and end my sermon with the, the words of Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in vulnerability. For when I am vulnerable, then I am strong. Amen. His grace is, is sufficient. His power is made known in weakness. As we come before God this morning, let us come humbly before him. You may want to stand where you are, you may want to just sit where you are. However you feel comfortable, you may want to take off your shoes, you may want to keep them on. You may want to lie down. You may want to open your eyes or close your eyes. At the end of each prayer, I'm going to just say these words, which are in Hindi, which are dedicated, which are to Christ. Yesu Nam, Piara Nam. And as I say Yesu Nam, you can join in if you want to with Piara Nam. Yesu Nam Piarana speaks about the beautiful name of Jesus of Christ, the name of grace, the name of love. Yesu Nam Piarana. We come this morning as we are, just as we are. We don't pretend to be anything else. Because this Yesu, this Isa, this Christ knows us and loves us as we are and invites us to come and stand under the fountain of his amazing grace, peace and love and to receive from him. Yesu Nam Piara Nam We bring this morning those who need his grace to our families, our friends, members of our congregation. 
those needing wisdom in the decisions that are facing this week. May they be able to hear that inner voice. May they be silent. And in prayer, in meditation, in stillness, hear that voice of yours. And not in their power, but in God's power. And for those who are sick, amongst our family and friends and congregation, we pray for God's comfort, for his healing hand through times of being together with their family and friends, through the medical support and help of the NHS, through connecting and walking in nature, through the love and the service of the church and through God's divine presence with them. Yesu nam nam. We bring those who are vulnerable and weak in our community, those in need of God's grace this morning. We pray for those who are homeless and those who work amongst them. Pray for Bethany, the Cyrenians' social bite as they bring hope, God's hope. We pray for those who are single mums in this city who are struggling on low income as they bring about their children. For the refugees, the new emerging communities in our city, May they sense God's grace among us. May they be welcome, loved, and accepted. Yesu nam, nam. We pray for God's grace for those who feel isolated as a result of COVID, for those who sadly lost their loved ones during the pandemic. May they know God's Shanti, his shalom, his peace, as God who is Emmanuel, God who sits with them, God who is with them, who will never leave them or forsake them, the God who weeps with those who weep. Yesu nam, nam. And may this God of grace, this Isa, this Yesu, this Satguruji, the Christ, the God of all grace, the God of all love, fill our hearts, the Manda, the temple of our hearts, with his amazing grace and love. To be able to care for ourselves and love ourselves and our neighbours day by day. Yesu nam, piara nam. Amen.
thanks to our gracious God. A blessing on our heads and on our houses. A blessing on A blessing on our coming and our going. A blessing in our lives and believing. Love of God. A blessing at our end and new beginning. The arms of God to welcome us and bring us home. Amen.